0: Arsenal Therapy Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast, a show where we give you therapy for free. That's right, that's therapy for free. But I don't think you'll be needing any today because guess what? Arsenal have won yet again another game of football. This time against Norwich City, who were the unfortunate victims at the hands of Mikel Arteta's men who not only beat them, but I would call it A rather destructive victory. That was um, Arsenal's 11th win in the league. Wow. What a game. What a game. Arsenal 5, Norwich City 0 on Boxing Day. I I don't tend to look look forward to these Boxing Day fixtures. I think they can be quite um, unpredictable little bit jammy, you know, lots of injuries here and there. People getting ill left, right and centre. The virus running rampant. And well, I guess to our advantage, really, the last few games we've been playing against the last few Premier League oppositions, they have um, not had it easy with the pandemic. Players, um, you know, unfortunately falling to the sword of this new variant, a milder variant, um, but one that we can't really take a chance on because we're not sure how it can mutate. I'm not sure to, actually, it's difficult to say whether it's a milder variant or not. I mean, for, for, for the most part, yes, those that have been exposed to it are showing mild symptoms, but you never know, do you, who it can affect and how. So, better to be safe than sorry. But having said that, I think we've been. Um, quite lucky to not have been hit by, I mean, I guess we've had our period beginning of the Premier League and, um, well, we don't need to mention the fact that it was our manager who set off the trigger for, uh, the shutdown of the Premier League games being played behind closed doors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but actually against Norwich, we, we did face a bit of a conundrum, didn't we, um, no right backs at all. All three right backs. It seems like we've got a a new strain of, of this virus that only affects right backs. Yes, that's right. No Cedric, no Tomiyasu, and no Chambers. So we we had to put we had to opt um, for Benjamin White. Good old Benji coming in to the rescue. I, I had no idea he could play in that position. Um, but then, who would you play? Because there's no one else available. So, I don't know. uh, On paper, um, I was nervous because, you know, he's a centre back, but he's got all the traits to be a right back because he's a ball playing centre back, an advanced position for him, a player who does more than he should, really. The only dodgy parts of his game is the defensive aspect of it. which is funny because he's a centre-back, so he should be able to defend, theoretically. But look, it worked. We got a clean sheet. Is this something that we can now look at going forward as a tactical piece of game management? Um, Basically, what I'm trying to say is, can we now implement Benjamin White on the right hand side as a tool for managing games? Um, to disrupt the opposition because you've got Tomiyasu when he comes back, who can play as a center back. And now Benjamin having, you know, performed relatively well as a right back. <laughs> Obviously his, his his natural position is, a, is of a center back, but you know, who's to say that with a little bit of training, with a little bit of tweaking here and there, he can't transition To become a right back, he looked fine against Norwich, but I guess that's the point. It was against Norwich. So let's all calm down, shall we? I don't know, should we stay calm? Is this, uh, you know, I never understood the concept or this idea that it's just Norwich, it's just Leeds, it's just Southampton, it's just Burnley. Like, these are Premier League oppositions who do disrupt against the big boys. United only managed to score one against Norwich, and it wasn't pretty when they won. Right, Burnley. We know. I mean, I don't know why I'm talking about all of the other sides that I mentioned, but the, the main point is that y- y- you kind of have to beat who's put in front of you. Number one, number two. It's very, very possible that the team who are in the bottom of the league do find a way to beat you. Now, they've they've been they've they've been suffering a lot um, this season. Managers, managers being sacked, uh, you know, players being injured, um, but they did put out a side who were, and actually, it was it was only announced last night that um, the goalkeeper Tim Cruel would be out because he had been exposed to the virus. So, having a look at the starting eleven, though, um, I don't think you can, you know. Who am I kidding? That's a poor side. I was going to say, I, I don't think you can uh, underestimate, but oh, I don't know. Kabak, field centre-back, Gibson, who? who? Brandon Williams and Max Aaron's maybe, yeah, I mean, Young can have potential, but against an Arsenal side who, let's be honest, one of the, one of the most exciting and attractive attacking sides right now in the Premier League are Arsenal. Without a shadow of a doubt, and the the stats are, you know, prove it. Um, in fact, I should really pull out some stats. I, I don't. I hate to be that guy, by the way, who turns um, to statistics. But if we're talking about providing evidence, um, that show how we've displayed the the full force and might of our attacking lineup. Um we've scored 14 goals in the last three games. Fourteen goals in the last three games. Now I get it, one of them was against Sunderland in the Carabao Cup, but even if we don't count that game, let's say the last three Premier League games, eleven goals in the last three Premier League games. Fourteen goals since Southampton game in the last four Premier League games. Um, since the beginning of December, that's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 goals in December. That's, that's quite impressive. Um, and you know, there, <laughs> there are, there were, there were a lot of people pointing out at the fact that our goal difference wasn't the greatest. Um, well at the minute it's currently the third, uh, the fourth best in the league. And, we're up against some pretty good Premier League teams. Uh, Those that are, those that have significantly more, I'm talking about Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea, whose, you know, attacking lineup are three to four times more expensive than ours. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's fair to say that, you know, all things being considered, um, we're doing okay. We're looking quite good in that final third. Uh, who else is there in Norwich's team? Gilmore. Okay, again, young, promising. McLean, half decent. The rest of them, even Pookie. I mean, it's a poor side, really, isn't it? Surprised not to see Todd Cantwell. Um, other than that, it's poor, really. Whereas Arsenal, on the other hand, you've got holding Gabriel, Tierney, and White for. Very good, uh, defensive players. Holding is the only one you probably have question marks about. But after today's performance, I, I I think he's he's shown a pretty good account of himself, and his hair as well. I feel like his hair is really having a. Is it just me, or does he just look good all of a sudden since he's had his transplant? Who knows? But um, yeah, there's there's certainly something a lot more trusting about his performance. Uh, Part A and Shaka in the middle. Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli and Lacazette up front. Very similar starting, in fact, almost the same. Obviously, you know, uh, minus the Tomiyasu um, for holding, it is is the same starting lineup to the one that we saw um, who battered Leeds on the 18th. Is that right? Let's have a look. Because I like to have things right, Ramsdale, Tammyasu, White, Gabriel, Tierney, Shaka, Thomas, Partey, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli. Like, yeah, it's, it's exactly the same. And actually, um, I was quite concerned to see the starting lineup being exactly the same as you know the the, the previous few games that we played, and we know that Arteta likes to do that, but you know. Considering that we had, well, we had um, another game coming up in the next 48 hours, and thankfully we don't, which is brilliant because now we can actually rest and recover and hopefully fully recover till we face Man City. So, what day is it today? It's the 26th. We play Man City on the 1st. That is a full week of recovery. Oh my goodness gracious me. That's incredible news. That's brilliant. Anyways, um, no wolves in two days time, December's finally looking good for us. Had it not been for those shitty results against Everton and United. And I hate looking back at that because we were on such a good run. I don't know if you remember, but we were were 10 games to the good until you got to Old Trafford, United, and let's be honest, they didn't outplay us. We should have beaten them and we should have beaten them comfortably. We played the occasion and not the game. And that's, again, that's, that's, that's a fault of our own. And we, well, we would have learned the hard way that game and the Everton game not to play the occasion. Um, same thing is Everton I just felt that like we were poor. Uh, we underestimated him totally. We gave him too much respect. And um, there were some moments in the game today, actually, where I felt like we were giving Norwich a little bit too much respect. Having scored in the opening five minutes, it seemed like... Oh yeah, we know we're far better than them. We don't need to play at such a high intense level, and you can see Arteta going crazy in the side. Now, what do you mean? You need to prove yourselves. Um, eventually we got five goals, but yeah, h- minus those two games, um, those blips, we have had a smashing, you know, winter, um, interval as it stands. I mean, look, there's still a long way to go. January seems like a grueling month because the games are coming thick and fast. Um, making it into the semifinals of the um, Carabao Cup could be a bit of a curse. Well, we'll see. We'll see how things plan out, pan out, however you want to say it. Uh, th- fixtures. Um, obviously, you also have to bear in mind that, you know, AFCON is around the corner. I don't know when players start to leave. Is it January the 1st? Let's have a look. I don't even know if this competition is still going ahead. AFCON 2022. So imagine, uh, okay, January the 9th. Wow. So yeah, you would imagine that players will start leaving um, second, third, a week before to start, you know, uh, getting ready for that. It seems like it's still going ahead. Arsenal's AFCON quarter allowed to delay departure. That is excellent. Arsblog released that seven hours ago, which means there is tr- some truth behind it. Let's let's have a quick read of that actually, because that's so interesting. Um, when are they when are they allowed to leave? The quarter was due. The quartet. That's a great word, isn't it? The quartet: Thomas, Part A, uh, Pierre Emerick Bamiang, Nicola Pepe, and Mohamed El Nenny are all going to be available to play against man city how good how amazing is that now usually i wouldn't be looking forward to games against man city liverpool uh, because they're miles ahead of us context is key and you know any any <laughs> anyone with a heart, anyone with half a brain can see right now that arsenal are on this journey of redemption and we are closing in uh, we'll see what the rest of the season has planned for us but it seems like you know we are on this on this road to coming back to where we, where we should be. Well, I don't know whether, you you know, you want to kind of, um, use that argument because some may say that we deserve to be where we are, but ultimately, um, team games against city and Liverpool are games that I kind of just, you know, pushed to the side. Like I don't, I don't really care what, what results we get from that because I don't expect us to get anything from it. And it well, it shows how 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 far we've we've come down the pecking order. Um, but now I'm really looking forward to it because I do genuinely believe that we can get something out of that game, having seen everything that we've seen, having seen the football, and that's all that matters. So um, according to ArsBlog, we are we're not letting these guys go until um January the 3rd, which is brilliant, which is so good. So that's great. Now we have those guys for Man City, but we, we won't have them. So listen to the schedule, because this is quite scary. Um, and obviously pending other postponements, but January the 1st, we've got Man City. January the 6th, which is five days later, you've got Liverpool first leg. And again, we, we're still yet to hear whether this uh, two-legged tie is going to be turned into a one leg um, by whoever it is that's responsible. I don't know. who who Who's responsible for making these decisions? Is it? Is it the FA? I'm not sure. But um, sixth, we've got the first leg. Three days later we've got the FA Cup. So if you're playing your B team against Liverpool, which I'm hoping well, I'm hoping we're playing a A point two <laughs> against Liverpool and then a B team against Nottingham Forest. Um Nottingham Forest, again, excuse me. Um an away tie at five o'clock. Um that's on the ninth. And then Four days later, again, we play Liverpool in the second leg at Anfield. And then three days later, we've got the North London derby. (laughs) The big, 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 big games. For a team that isn't in Europe, we need to take competitions like the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup quite seriously. And I do think we have a a brilliant chance of winning the FA Cup. Sorry, uh, the Carabao Cup. Because um, of all the teams that are left, I think Arsenal have the best B team, the strongest B team, um, and plenty of numbers as well. Plenty of plenty of bodies to, to, to back us up. So, okay, look, Spurs, we're midway through Jan and we've got the North London derby. So that's one, two, three, four, five games inside 16 days. That's literally two and a half weeks. Wow. After that, there's uh, Burnley, um, which is like a week later. Yeah, about six days later. So really, most of the games are happening in the first half of January. Um, Scary. Very worrying. If we can get through that, the rest of the season will be really comfortable, I think, because there aren't. Um, I'm not seeing, other than the last two days, other than the last two games of the league, and those could be penultimate games, like those could be really, 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 really important (laughs) games. You're talking about a trip away to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and then finishing the season at home to Liverpool. Um, So two title contenders. Who knows what the league table could look like um, as we approach those games, but for us as well, I mean, who knows what it looks like I, I've, other than, um, other than that though, you know, the, the, the second half of this season, the way that the fixtures have been drawn out for us, there isn't a, like I say, there isn't a cluster of games that are going to be, you know, too difficult. Um, I'm just quickly scrolling down. Wolves, Brentford, then you've got FA Cups, Watford, Leicester, Aston Villa, Crystal Palace, Brighton, Southampton. You know, United and West Ham, those two games at the end of April, maybe they could be something to worry about, but United at home might expect to beat them all day long. Leeds, and also the January transfer window, we don't know who's going to be coming and going, especially with these teams as well. Anyway, we've spent almost 20 minutes just talking about things that don't really. Well, they matter, but um, in regards to this game, have no link. Anyway, I, w- I was fairly happy with the starting lineup <laughs> to, to to basically summarise. Um, just a bit surprised that we were playing so strong against the side that we didn't need to worry about. And I felt like Wolves would be a far more difficult opposition because in the Premier League table, Wolves currently sit eighth they got a game in hand on teams behind them on Brighton and Leicester. Um, So they could be ninth, but, you know, they've had a pretty good spell in the last few games. They're looking strong. They're looking like a threat. They held Chelsea. Was that Molyneux? I can't remember where it was, Um, but they took took a point um, from Chelsea. And, yeah, it makes up for a really good game. So this Norwich game, I expected a really quick start and actually, um, I, I was really comfortable watching that game. It was almost like, you know, just, a. it was almost like I was watching, uh, you know, an opposition, um, play. Like it just didn't matter to me. You know, I didn't really have much emotional attachment to that game. Usually I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm very animated. I'm very, you know, you know what we're like when we when we're watching football, but that game against um, Norwich, it was very very kind of autopilot mode. We know what we're expecting, um, and we didn't have to wait very long at all for the first goal. And I'm going to do a really in depth analysis um, on these goals because. Mm-hmm. They demonstrated yet again um, how good we are at moving the ball, how good we are at playing the game. The football has been absolutely magnificent. So let's talk about this first goal. Uh, the The build up was brilliant. You know, Bakayo Saka, he is there at the right place, um, and. I think he was absolutely brilliant in that position. You know, there were there was a period, maybe a year ago, where we were looking at this kid, um, you know, someone who was carrying the squad by specializing in that position, by making sure that he was always creating something by picking up the ball in that final third on the right-hand side. And we hadn't seen that for a while. And he's been picking up quite a lot lot of um, criticism from fans because he hasn't been replicating that throughout the whole season, which is like crazy. Not this whole season, maybe the whole year. You know, you can't expect that from a 20-year-old who's still improving, who's still learning, who, by the way, um, you could still regard as an academy player. You know, I will give him at least another two or three years to grow properly into his role before I start expecting goals every game. But it was so good to see that part of his game come back again, taking on oppositions, uh, defenders in front of him, just the bravery, the skill, the confidence to shimmy one way, to go the other way, you know, and um, making defenders really think (laughs) because I don't know who it was who was trying to mark him. The poor guy had no chance in hell. Was it Brandon Williams? I think it was. Um, yeah, because it was Martinelli against Aaron's, and boy, oh boy, that was another duel as well when I don't, I don't think Max Aaron's will be forgetting, um, that in a very long time. Anyway, let's get to this goal. Um, I've pulled out this highlights video on YouTube, which has really, really good, uh, quality, bloody hell, really good quality. Here we go. So. Let's start this back. Run it back. Um, Lacazette plays it into Martinelli, who was absolutely brilliant all game. And I think we have found uh, someone who can really specialize in that position. I've never regarded Emil Smith as a left wing. I think he's he's brilliant in the role as a number ten, especially when he's around players like Odegaard, uh, Partey, and Saka. Unfortunately it's difficult to play Emil smith throw as a number 10 when you've got Odegaard doing such a good job. But I think both of them, um, they offer something different. They are two different players and they have two different skill sets. So, you know, depending on the opposition, you've got two different options Options now. But anyway, this goal, uh, Martinelli finds the ball, which is fed to him by Lacazette. It's got two players around him. He does well to release it to uh, Odegaard. Odegaard in this position I've just paused it. He's picked up the ball. He can do two or three. He could do. He could do. Yeah, he could do about. He could do two things. Um, he could pass it, lay it back to uh, to to Lacazette, stop the ball, wait for Lacazette and Martinelli to run into the box, and then feed it through the gaps left uh, between the two centre backs. I was not expecting him to play the ball out wide to Bakayo Saka. I know he's open and he's got a lot of space. Um, because the other side of the pitch is really quite congested. Um, And actually Martinelli's, not Martinelli, Odegaard is the type of player who likes to feed the balls uh, in in congested areas because he's able to, he has the ability, he has the skill to play the ball between players. Um, Most players, most number nines, sorry, number tens, they don't like going for that option because it's harder. It's harder to get balls through a cluster of players. Um, But he surprises me by playing this ball out to Bakaya Saka and Saka here has everything yet to do. He goes in one way, comes out the other and has a shot. And it's such a lovely kind of neat finish, really low, fizzy, um, I don't know, should the goalkeeper do a little bit better? Um, He dives like a fraction too late, but maybe because he's not expecting the shot. And who is? I'm not expecting the shot either to get through one, two, three players without any of them actually putting a foot in it, foot in as well, is impressive. It's a great goal. It's a wonderful goal by Bakayo Saka. And that's 1-0 Arsenal inside the first 10 minutes, just after the five-minute uh, mark. And you've got to say, you know, that's it really. The game really ends there, doesn't it? The football would just flows so well after that. The confidence just oozing out of them. Every single man on that pitch. There isn't a single player that I'm looking at, I'm thinking... I'm worried about you. Or you look like you're having a tough game. Even Thomas Partey, who a lot of people are, you know, throwing a bit of criticism at um, for not having the best game. Even him, I felt like has ha- had a really decent game. Everyone doing their part. Just, just, just f- the fluidity of passing and, and the movement. And I just, I just felt like I saw a really ambitious Arsenal side. It's, it's. We don't get to see it often because I feel like. In the last few years, we have been painted out as a side who is really safe from the ball. Who doesn't like to be trying anything too ambitious, um, plays quite a boring strand of football, unimaginative. Um, you know, very rarely do we get to see moments of magic, but we're seeing it so regularly. And that again, that was another moment of magic. It was just instant, like a flash of lightning from one side of the pitch to the other. Um, Norwich made it easy for us, though, because they they looked really panicky at the back. And not only that, they they, they, they made the mistake of sitting off. But what else can you do as a team who, I guess, you know, with all due respect to them, are so far behind their, their opposition? You sit back, you get punished. You come forward, you also get punished because Arsenal are so good at playing teams on wriggling away from teams, uh, passing around them. Uh, But in the first 10 minutes, look, very bright start to the game. uh, Get an early goal, dominating possession, working really hard off the ball as well. And that's something that has become like a trait of our personality when we're playing football is making sure that we are non-stop when we don't have the ball. Um, Very similar to how City and Liverpool, Liverpool play. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's been drilled into these guys. That's been one of the non-negotiables that when we lose the ball, doesn't matter who it is, you go and get it as soon as possible. And that's something I noticed in the first 10 minutes. Really, really quick start. Um, The next 10 minutes leading up to the 20 minute mark, uh, I noticed that Part A was working really hard off the ball. Really pleased to see him tracking back. We do often see it, but it's almost like a really sluggish forced kind of Track, tracking back. Whereas Martinelli's tracking back is, is a morph, is, is a thing like, right, it's my duty to track back. I need to make sure I've covered this area. Um, Thomas Partey, on the other hand, he lingers just in front of the box or just in front of the defensive line, um, making sure that he's holding his position really well. Structurally, he's a great player, but I always question his work rate and his ability off the ball. Um, and he did really well. Uh, the, the, the bits that I noticed anyway. Uh, Odegaard as well, really enjoying himself out there in the first 20, in the first 20 minutes, just really nice silky first touches, taking on Norwich bodies, being a real handful in in the Norwich half. Um, one player who, you know, again, is just, is just growing. He's just getting better and better every single game. And, um, yeah, really after that, it wasn't very long before we need, before we, actually, no, we didn't, we didn't score um, until the, well, we didn't score until the very last minute of the first half. But the first half was a little bit, after that first goal, after the 20 minute mark, um, it became a little bit dodgy in the sense that we were giving too much, we were giving them too much respect. Um, no, maybe we weren't giving them any respect. Well, whatever way you want to look at it, we weren't doing our part. We The game was slowly fizzing out. The high tempo intensity was just dropping because I felt like Arsenal knew that they were better than Norwich. We knew that they weren't going to get anywhere near us. Um, so a little bit disappointing to see us drop so soon um, I expected us to score a second goal very quite soon after the first, which didn't happen. And actually, it, it gave Norwich a bit of belief or they noticed it. They certainly noticed it. And that's why they uh, began to press quite high up, putting Rob Holding and uh, Benjamin White in a little bit of pressure. You could tell, you know, we knew what they were trying to do. Feed it down the left hand side um, as much as possible because they knew we, we, we were without a comfortable, natural right back. So, but having said that, um, you know, like I said, what do you do as a team like Norwich? Do you sit off? Do you press? Either way, we get, we we will get away, we will get around it because we're so good at playing from, playing out from the back. Like it doesn't matter. If, if you want to play high, if you want to press high, if you want to put us under pressure, no problem. Um, Ramsdale holding Gabriel, Tierney and Benjamin White will find a way around it because they're so good. They're so well drilled at that. And it's a high risk, high reward kind of tactic. You go all in um, and you force us into making a mistake. And actually, uh, you know, I think at one one point, um, Gabriel did almost make a mistake where he gave the ball away for a corner or maybe we got a goal kick from it. But um, one of their players put us under pressure, quite a lot, quite quite a bit of pressure. And um, yeah, it kind of fumbled the ball. But um, you do that, you put us under pressure, you force us into making a mistake. But the other side, the flip side to that is you, you don't put us under enough pressure. We beat that first line, we're off. That's it, it's done. We get into the final third and best believe we're either scoring or we're having a shot on goal. Is it worth the risk? I'll let, um, I'll let their coach, who's their coach again? I forgot his name, ex-filler coach. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, Lacazette has an opportunity that needs to be put in the back of the net. That should be 2-0 there. It's a brilliant, brilliant play from Saka on the, on the right-hand side. Again, doing what he does best. Uh, beating his man by shimmying one way, going the other. And putting in a, a, a great pool you know, falls right on Lacazette's head. I don't know how he misses it, whether it's a defender that kind of nudges him out of the way or because he's not physically able to, you know, I guess, um, make himself big enough. But yeah, it's a poorly timed header. Um, um, anything else? Saka has an overhead kick that goes high and off target. But what I wanted to talk about this bit of play was the football, which was brilliant because it was almost like a typical Arteta-esque Arteta ball type of football. Um, we've seen us score goals from the back from Ramsdale, and again, it was almost another one. Ramsdale playing it nice and low, uh, a, a nice. Lo- I love when he does this. Oh, he's been doing it. It's it's, it's, it's like a, a part of his game now. it's it's, it's something that. You know, so I so easily identifiable when it comes to um, it, when when it comes to his part of kind of playing it out from the back, this kind of low fizzing pass that he does, where he makes it look like he's going to boot it out field, but instead he finds someone in the middle, and I'm surprised teams haven't picked it up, and maybe they will eventually, but for now it's working really really well, um, and that it was it was that particular. Ball that started the move for us. Um, let me see if I can try and find it on the highlights because it was it was really quite impressive. Right, it was here. Yeah, it was here. This was really really nice. Okay, let's go back a little bit. So, um. Okay, so it's Odegaard that picks up the ball. It's such a nice, lovely move. Um Ramsdale plays the ball, really low, fizzy kind of pass, lots of pace on it, finds Odegaard, picks up the ball. Odegaard turns and drives forward, passes it on to Shaka, who I have to say had one of the one of his best games today. Um, I, I was closely watching Shaka and he was so influential in linking play, but also bringing these youngsters into the right places at the right time, the maturity of his game. And I finally kind of, I feel like I finally understand now where, what Shaka's role is in this team. It's, 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 it's playing a really deep role in, um, I don't know if mentoring is the right word, but grooming these players to become like mature men. Uh, But anyway, Shaka plays this ball out wide to Martinelli. Martinelli's got two players ahead of him. He could lay it off back to Shaka. He chooses not to. He chooses to have a a kind of a shot, um, a low shot, which is blocked. And then Saka has an overhead kick attempt. But. The move itself was brilliant because when you look at the movement of the players, they all they're all running in one unit. Um, when when Chaka picks up the ball, you can see Bukayo Saka running on the on, on the right hand side, Martinelli moving on the left hand side, Lacazette moving forward down the middle. At this point, it's almost it, it's, it almost is like three versus two because their centre backs are left alone. Everyone else is kind of retreating, trying to catch up. Um, but yeah, again, really impressive. Half an hour mark goes. You know, Norwich probably had the better spell in the last ten minutes by. You know, pressing quite high up the pitch, um, resulting in almost like a bit of a slower tempo to our game. But you could see that you know they've got no quality in the final third to do anything with the ball. So, um, we get a goal back in the final minute of the first half, and what a goal it is as well! I mean, wow, really impressive. Um, I'm just having a look at the highlights, and it's showing. Norwich City breaking on the other side, ball coming into the box, Ramsdale saves. Again, it's just not good enough, really. Any other team would punish us, and I guess that that comes down to our sloppiness. Um, Norwich didn't really look good by themselves. It was either us playing poorly and giving the ball away in dangerous areas, or um, well, I guess it was a bit. You have to give a bit of credit to them for pressing quite high up and being quite. Um, Dangerous? Not dangerous. Being quite brave. Yeah. To do that. So yeah. Um, Martinelli has a shot on goal as well. He pick up the, a loose ball. Yeah. He really wanted to score there, didn't he? But uh, understandably as well, when you, when you know that you, you could score against this, this opposition, but yeah, here we go. The goal itself is coming. The ball what Did the ball, was the ball won Again, it's Martinelli. I mean, look how far he's come back. He's in the halfway line right now on the opposite side to where he should be. But because Norwich were in possession, he wanted to win that ball back as quickly as possible, And he does. He wins it. Benjamin White picks up the loose ball, passes it back into Martinelli. Martinelli plays it to Odegaard. Odegaard turns, drives, plays a sumptuous ball to Kieran Tierney. Martinelli should be in that position there, but because he's picked up that ball, it gives Tierney a chance to drive. That pass, by the way, can I just have a look at that pass again from Odegaard? Because look where Odegaard is when he picks up the ball, right on the other side of the pitch. He's got one, two, three, you know, three to four Norwich City bodies on one one side of the pitch. Again, a lot more congested. He, He finds that gap. Look at that gap. How many players do you think can play a ball into that space? With the kind of weight distribution and tempo and pace that he does with that ball. Perfect. Tierney picks up the loose ball, takes a touch. Oh, that finish is beautiful. Again, low, fizzy, plenty of pace and into the back of the net. And that's 2-0 Arsenal. That's That's it, that's the game there. Because I was getting a little bit concerned, I was getting a little bit concerned that the longer this goes on, the longer we chase the second goal, the 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 more chance it gives Norwich to come back into this game. And, you know, we know what, how funny a game of football can be played where the opposition is totally out of it. And then in the second half, they come back um, blazing, you know, and uh, just, yeah, really relieved to get that second goal scored. Um, I'm just asking my wife if she can get me a glass of water because I'm parched having spoken spoken what having spoken so long about this first half um, second half second half first 10 15 minutes of that second half um, quite good in the sense that the tempo and pace is being played at a relatively good pace good speed because usually when a team is 2-0 up, you would slow down the tempo of the game, just control possession. Um, but we look desperate to score early on. We look desperate to score more goals. And you know, I, I, there is, there is, if, if, if ever there, there is an indication you need to see a team is, is, um, improving um, making the right steps to go towards the right direction. My water has arrived. Thanks. Um, whoa, I so needed that. Okay. If ever you need an indication to show an indication to show you that a team is making the right moves to become a top, top side, it's that. It's searching for more goals. <clears throat> Not sure what Arteta would have said at half time, but if it was me at halftime, honestly, I would have said, um, park the bus. Just play football at a slower pace. Try and avoid burning yourselves out because we've got another game coming up in two, two days. But this is ruthless. This is the type of mentality that I want to see. This is the attitude that we want to see. So there are a few opportunities before the the third goal is scored. Uh, Gilmore has an effort. It's probably their best effort of the game. Uh, Martinelli has uh, a, well, he scores, but it's offside. Uh, Really, really cheeky effort. And had it gone in, that would have been the goal that we'd be talking about tonight. Really, really good solo play. Um, Just proving again why he's, you know, why he deserves his spot and why he should be played week in, week out. But um, a really cheeky finish from him, that chip to take it over the keeper, just unreal. I don't know whether it took a deflection or not. Um, But anyway, Bakayo Saka scores another goal. A second one this time, and I'm going to talk about it. Because the build up, we don't need to talk about much. It's it's great build up again to get the ball into the final third. Lacazette plays it into Bukayo Saka. Saka again stops. And this is something that um, Pepe does quite a lot. There there are a lot of similarities between Pepe and Saka's game in the final third. But for whatever reason, Saka seems a, like fifty percent more efficient than Pepe does in that position. He he just times his shimmies perfectly. So the defender puts in a leg. Uh, Saka gets away from him. He then comes back in, gets away from him again, and then he's totally away. Has a shot and scores. And again, to have a shot from there, you've got one, two, three, four. Four Norwich bodies, got five. Um, but, you know, it's so direct. It bounces right in front of the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper needs to do well there. Though. He needs to do a lot better. That's poor, isn't it? So poor. Wow. Yeah, not great. But anyway, um, <laughs> he scored his second goal. Shaka chasing him down, trying to kick him. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's brilliant. It's so good to see him enjoying himself out there, isn't it? Two goals in a game. Just, yeah, magnificent. So happy for him in light of all the kind of comments that we're hearing. And, you know, he's not scoring any goals anymore. He's you know, he's the cute kid that nobody wants to really criticize. He's an incredible footballer. He really is. You forget. And um, what was what was the stat? The, only the second, um, the, or the second youngest player to score to have scored ten goals behind Nick, uh, Nicholas and Elka. Like what? This is inc- incredible. You know just when when players are breaking stats like that that's 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 indications there red red flags to to show you that this is a star and they 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 are at our disposal you know so freno arsenal the floodgates are well and truly opened up wide for you know this game to be just killed um and I'm thinking, well, hold on, how many more? I was actually quite surprised that um, after Bakaio Saka scored, in fact, leading up to that goal, we weren't, we didn't make any changes. Usually, Arteta will make a change at the half-hour mark. Um, sometimes, you know, a few minutes after, a couple of minutes before maybe. But tonight, I mean, did he know something that we didn't? Was the fact that the Norwich, the Wolves game, the postponement of the Wolves game, um was that like being was that announced already to the staff at Arsenal? Was there something that they knew about? Who knows? It seemed like it anyway, because um El comes on for party, good substitute, because uh, obviously during the game we're none the wiser to you know the game being postponed there were talks before the game but you know seeing how things were going for us anyway you know the, probably the only team up until that point who didn't have any games postponed um well there were quite a few other teams as well but in in the top half anyway uh it seemed like you know we, we were on our way to play wolves but um yeah on any of part Eight. Good sub, happy to see part eight off. Played a good role. Uh, Seventy-five minutes played since scoring a goal. Maintained a lot of possession. The game was slowed down, and the crowd were playing up to it. Uh, did I talk about the? I, I don't think I did talk about the uh, the fights that were happening um, in the first half. No, I didn't talk about that. I really wanted to as well. Should I rewind the recap and talk about that? I'll, I, I'll just I'll keep it brief. And what I will say is that another indication that you that, that suggests um, a team is growing is that when players are sticking up for each other, and as a unit, we look like we were ready for war. And I'm happy that Granite Shaka got that yellow card. It's the only yellow card that I'll be happy for him to get because, you know, a player is down and, I, you know, maybe it was a little bit petty of him and had it been the, the opposition, it definitely would have been petty for someone to be riled up. But we got in their faces and it showed me that this is it now. Teams in the Premier League are going to see that and be like, right, we we can't we can't treat Arsenal the way that we have previously. We can't um, underestimate them, and we can't um, put them in that circle of you know soft players or someone you can get one over or a team that you can you know what uh, uh, wind up. So that that made me really happy. Um, the game really got quite physical the kind of midway into the first half. But anyway. Uh, it, a couple more changes were being made. Um, yeah, the crowd playing up to our passing, you know, <laughs> shouting Ole, Ole every time we were passing the ball. Um, Norwich were out of it. You could tell they, they just wanted the final whistle to come. Arsenal were just expressing themselves, just playing the football that they needed to play. Um, tactically, we were sound from the very first minute. So I don't know whether there's much I could mention about tactics because I don't think it's fair when you're, to, when you're playing up against a team like Norwich and you're, and we're playing at the high standards of football, the the levels that we were playing at, it, you know, it was, it was almost a little bit unfair, but um, a few more changes being made after that. Pepe coming on for Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe coming on for Martinelli. Um, Smith-Rowe comes onto the pitch, I think a minute after, and then Creating a goal scoring opportunity, and this time the football being played absolutely beautifully as well. Too many goals that were being played wonderfully, way too many goals. So Shaka passes the ball back to Elneny. Elneny back to Shaka. Shaka to um Emil Smith rowe Emil Smith rowe a lovely one, too. What I love. About this young man is his intelligence on the ball. When we are in transition, attacking the opposition on the other side of the pitch, the intelligence, the awareness to not only play the ball forward, but also move almost instantly away from the person who is trying to mark him is so refreshing. The defender knows which way he's going as well, but he's got no chance. So the ball's passed back to Emil Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe then passes it back to Lacazette who shields the ball so brilliantly. You know what he's going to do the moment he picks up that ball. Whether it be on the halfway line or in the um in the box that half turn to, sh- to shield that ball is is brilliant. It's, it's, a, it's a it's an amazing trait of his game. And whoever replaces him and Aubameyang as our number 9 needs to have that trait needs to be able to hold the ball up perfectly. Um, so we win a penalty. I think the last three penalties we've missed. So quite a bit of pressure on, uh, Lacazette's shoulders to score, to convert that. And he does it really well. Um, really well taken penalty, sends the goalkeeper the wrong way round, just stutters as he's about to release. And yeah, um with about five minutes to go, I, I'm thinking, well, that's it really. Uh we've scored four goals, the crowd's happy. You know, I'm sure that there isn't much more that can happen in this game. Um but then I start to notice something, and that's the urge and almost the 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 drive the panic sets in. We're trying to score more goals. And it's not the kind of, I don't know. I mean, there's there's the ruthlessness about a team that says we're going to punish you to, to prove a point. But it wasn't that, that I noticed about the way that we were attacking. It was the almost kind of the robotic nature of, we're playing 90 minutes of football. The aim of The aim of the game is to win the game, but it's also to score goals. That's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like they've been drilled so hard to the point point that it's second nature. That's that's the only thing they know. To score goals, to try and score goals, is all they know. They didn't need to play at such intensity in the last five minutes. Odegaard has a free kick that he wins. Um, And then... We scored a goal from Martinelli being fumbled over, passes it into, um, who is that? Who, who does he pass it into? Now hold on, this is this is going to annoy me. I need to know who he passes it into. <laughs> is it even Martinelli? I think it's Odegaard that picks up the ball. Odegaard picks up the ball, drives forward. This pass into Pepe is fantastic. Oh my God. Do fans appreciate moments of magic like this, because it happened so quickly that you feel like it didn't happen. But this pass, I mean, what? <laughs> Takes it out and then bang. Oh, he's got three players around him, set up in a triangle. It's almost impossible to play a pass like that. Again, maybe not impossible. It, it's pretty straightforward to play a pass like that, but he does it with so much like ease. It's so easy for him to play that pass. Pepe's through. He has a, a trieside that have a shot. It's blocked off. Emil Smith Rowe is there. Looks to be offside, but this kid, man, he is just an, another one, a superstar. Right place, right time. There's no coincidence that he's in those places. He knows where to be. This would have been part of his uh, development. The beginning of the season, we heard it. He wanted to add more goals to his game. So, what you going to do? You're going to start taking tips from your number nines. You're going to start to learn the game as a striker, as a shadow striker almost, because you don't see him, do you? He just pops out of nowhere. Um, I felt like that 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 was offside. It did it did certainly look it from that angle, but it seemed to be onside. So, um, yeah, it's that's it really. It's it's a five nil thumping for Norwich and three very good points for Arsenal. Um it helps to have scored those goals because like I said we need to improve on the goal difference see. It wasn't very long ago that we were on a negative um goal difference and now we are nine goals ahead. So good. So so good. I'm so proud to Watch my team play week in, week out now because we're demonstrating real ability. We're demonstrating real footballing IQ. It's not just beating oppositions uh, uh we should be beating, and a lot is being said about now we're finally thumping teams that we should be doing. But for me, that it's not that. For me, it's watching my team outplay the opposition. It's watching my team announce to the world that we're back that we are a side who knows how to play this game better than most teams in the world. You know, and, and that for me, it's really, it, it, it's difficult to, it's difficult to develop that so quickly um, when you've got a new manager. And at this point, Arteta's not a new manager, but at the beginning of the season, he was still fairly quite new. To transform the squad the way that he has in the summer transfer window, to bring in players like Tommy, White, Odegaard, again, and, um, who else is there? There was somebody else. Lekonga. Sambi, sorry. Was that it? Oh, and Ramsdale, most importantly. Each one of those players weren't just bought in because they're half-decent players. They were bought in for a specific purpose to play a part in this vision board that Arteta had. Arteta had this dream of playing this brand of football. There's no coincidence that we're all of a sudden we're starting to play magnificent football. Every single one of those signings came in with a role to be played. Ramsdale with his ability to play the ball from the back, the confidence, the personality trait as well, because we know how important it is to rile up, to to keep your centre backs awake. You know, it's no coincidence or there's no surprise to see most captains being goalkeepers because you almost need them to be leaders from the back. Um, But yeah, his role, clear to see why we signed him. Benjamin, clear to see why we signed him. An advanced centre-back being able to ping long balls forward over the top when he needs to, to be able to drive forward and support the midfield. Almost play as a central defensive midfielder at times. But link-up plays uh, between with him and Gabriel, just perfect. You know, Again, someone who knows how to play the ball to his feet. Um, a, a little bit dodgy when it comes to defending, but I'm sure that's something that can improve. But I'm I'm fairly sure that we bought him for that purpose of playing football, knowing how to move the ball around. Um, Tommy once again is he a centre back? Is he a right back? Who gives a fuck? The guy knows how to play football. There is a calm. There is a there's a certain presence that he brings to that position. Not you know he's he's a completely different player to Tini in the sense that he doesn't drive forward, but his his support system. Like him being a pillar for Saka, whoever it is playing on down that down that channel, him linking up with uh, you know, Part A with Odegaard, whoever else is playing as number ten, he does such a good role of um just being that extra body and again, so good with the ball to his feet who else is there? Uh, Sambi, we've seen Sambi, we've seen enough Sambi to know what he does as well. Really good at driving forward, really good at positionally being structured quite well. Um, he seems like more of an advanced mid as well. I know his kind of preferred position is more just as an anchor sitting in front of the, the, the defensive line. Um, is there anyone else that I missed? No. So yeah, look, there is a system that's been introduced and everyone has a part to play in it and it's working and it's working really damn well. So as far as I know, the next game is definitely against City on New Year's Day, gives us a really nice break. Uh, I think the boys will be quite relieved to know that they won't be needing to play after 48 hours. I think it's absurd to expect that from players, but thank God we've we've managed to escape it um, and we'll be fresh and ready for Manchester City. So look, I'm going to leave it there. Um, I didn't even say <laughs> how bad of me, just because I don't celebrate it. I shouldn't... Um, I shouldn't not wish everybody a happy Christmas. For those of you that are celebrating, I hope you all did have an an amazing day. Um, Lots of food, lots of good vibes with your families. And I hope you've had a lovely boxing day as well. You know, three points in the bag. We look forward to new years, 2022. My God, what a year we've got ahead of us. Um, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. share it around with your friends and your families those of you that are gonna send it a bat and yeah we'll be back um for the game on new year's thank you very much bye bye oh my god wait this is the last podcast ever in of 2021 wow we need to make the ending a little bit more special um no i I think we'll leave it here <laughs> I don't want to overdo it um this is it 2021 done. Probably one of the worst years ever. And 2020. Wow. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care of yourselves. See you on New Year's. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's Eve as well. Is there any other days that we're celebrating in the next? No. Okay. Bye.